Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for another episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach, I'm here with Laura. Today, we're talking about marijuana, pot, weed. Um, I actually don't know too much about it, and it's actually not the main part of the conversation, um, because it's really about what it does to the relationship, thanks to a listener who called in and asked us to think about it out loud, which we did. It's a cool conversation. Stick around. Oh, so, I mean, I'm literally, this is the very beginning. We just said we hit record and now I'm just kind of catching up with you because I haven't seen you or talked to you for the last week. Yeah. Um, Aside from us exchanging text messages where I basically said, uh, Jason, who is our, um, he's our podcast editor. And he basically was saying, hey, what do I do with this cluster of an uh, (laughs) episode that came out last week? Uh, So if you heard the end of last week's episode, it's because Zach's um, Internet connection was kind of pooping out. And um, and he and Jason thought I would be fine. Both of you thought it would be fine because I lost my SHIT at the end of it because I was like, gee, dang it. This (laughs) mother effing. A uh, podcast is not going to go well. I just spent 20 minutes of my life that I'll never get back. And um, and he wanted to include it. And you're like, just just bleep it out. I'm like, no, people, I don't <laughs> I want didn't people even hearing me lose it. I didn't even listen to it. So I, I trust <sighs> you guys to put it together. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it made the cut, though. I'll have to I'll have to hear. Um, I. No, I spent the week stalking YouTube because I didn't mean to be like a, a, a stalker, but um, we, we did it. We got a million, a million views of the yes. Vanity Fair thing, which yeah. I've never had a million of anything in my life. I was trying to think like if I've ever had a million <laughs> of anything in any way. Yeah. You um, have a million minutes under your belt. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Or like grains of sand or something, but something that was actually, I don't know. I just felt, I felt kind quantifiable. Of, I felt kind of cool. So yeah. you've been much more, I've actually been really surprised. So here's what I've learned about you. You are very like nonchalant, kind of aloof about a lot of things. And you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then um, like I've noticed this with Vanity Fair, we have an email with them and they're like, what do you think about this? And you're like, yeah, that sounds cool. All right. And you, you say that to them and then you send a slew of emails where there is passion and intention and intensity behind it of like, I, my brain's been running wild. I have all of these thoughts. And like, where is this energy coming from? Because on the outside, you it's look cool from as like, a cucumber. It's coming from like 10 p.m. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah. to midnight. Do it's like not. like when my brain turns on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to record some podcasts at 10 p.m. then because oh. I want to I want to see that side of you. Hey, everybody. I hope you're hanging in there. If you're anything like me, you barely know what day it is. 
I mean, it's crazy out there. And I know that for me, working with my therapist has been a huge help just to feel a little safer, a little saner. And toward that end, I wanted to remind you of our partnership with BetterHelp, that's Better H-E-L-P, which is an online platform designed to connect people with therapists in the area that can help them just talk through whatever's going on. They have done a great job. The more we learn about them, the more impressed I am. And the more we hear from our other listeners they uh, that are enjoying it, I feel really good about pointing you in that direction. And if you use our link, you get a 10% discount. Um, but more importantly, I think it's uh, just a healthy reminder that if you want somebody to talk to, if you just want to feel more connected, this is a great way for you to get better access to better help today. So check them out at our link. It's called Try Better Help. That's betterhelp.com slash mtr and again if you use that link you get a 10% discount off your first month it is a subscription base which means that you have a sort of constant access rather than than sort of a weekly appointment kind of thing but I think again anything that helps you stay safe and stay sane has my vote okay uh, back to the show speaking of emails you need to read them like Mm. when you get emails you should read them because then you're like (laughs) you're like where's this information I don't have and I'm like, um, it's in your inbox. I don't read my emails. <laughs> Who do you think I am? <laughs> it's so true. I have been really bad uh, about reading emails. It, yeah, that part is true. I don't really. I remember you were telling me about an email we got. We should read it. Oh, yeah. We had a listener. You know what? He actually he called into our hotline in case we haven't talked about it in a very long time, but we have a telephone number and I'll tell it to you um, right now. So, uh, gosh, I hope this is our phone number. So it's 801. <laughs> it's either it's either our phone number or his phone number. Yeah, I, so, know, I was just thinking about so maybe that. Don't. <laughs> no, 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 it is. It is. So if you ever want to call and just leave us a voicemail, it's 801 801- And when you leave the voicemail, um, we are telling you, basically, we're going to play this on the air. So we're going to have Eric. He's going to call in and give us a little bit of uh, what his question is. But basically, I mean, here's Eric and he's asking us about marijuana. Um, And I think, you know, we could probably say marijuana. It could be tobacco. It could be. Um, geez, like micro dosing, it could be alcohol, it could be MDMA, it could be any form of anything. Uh, I mean, I came from Salt Lake, it could be caffeine, it could be like Coke or, um, not like Coke is in cocaine, although it could be that too. But I do think it's important that we talk about it. And I kind of want to be specific about marijuana because it is legal in so many places now. Um, and it has such a shift in, cultural norms. Hey, Zach and Laura. Uh, My name is Eric. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Um, Recently, my wife and I have had a couple um, difference of opinions on uh, drugs, particularly marijuana. Um, And I was just wondering your guys' opinion on when one partner uh, is for it and one is against it and uh, strongly against it and uh, the ways to kind of make that work. Uh, Thank you. So the main question that Eric has is what do you do when one partner is accepting of a drug and the other partner is not? 
And I guess the other part of it is, what do you do if maybe you want to use or imbibe and your partner is is strictly against it, not just for themselves, but there is like a core value that they it's butting up against that your partner would then be a user of that substance. So I kind of want to preface this and say I am not a specialist in addiction or misuse of any drugs, but I'm going to take my best stab at this because it's relational. And that is what I am an expert at. So uh, uh, let me talk about marijuana just for a second, because this is yes, one please. of those things like I'm a marijuana virgin. I've never used it. I've never, um, never actually even been, I think maybe once or twice I've been around the opportunity to use it, but here's why I, I'm, I'm this, um, I'm kind of one of these like letter of the law kinds of guys. I mean, in, in general around some certain things. And so, you know, I didn't drink until I was 21 and I didn't have sex until I was married. And it was sort of like, that was just the boxes that I checked. Wow. Hold on, the, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is new information. I didn't know about you. It's not You true. did not No, I didn't know that you were a virgin when you got married. Yeah, no, I definitely was. I would not for lack of trying. I mean, I tried pretty hard, but I was, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I just wasn't any good at it. And then at one point it was like, I guess I should just wait this thing out, you know? Um, yeah. And I also, I, I'll say this too. I, I certainly also wasn't pure. I just didn't, I just hadn't had intercourse before I got married. I definitely was yeah. all over the map. But so, but here's the thing about marijuana, right? Marijuana is this weird eg- example of something that was, we, I mean, we were terrified of it in high school and I was in high school in the late nineties mm-hmm. or early nineties. And, you know, marijuana was the gateway drug. It was the, the way you were going to end up totally. on the streets. Yes. And then, you know, I moved out West and it was a little just more um, like kind of easier to accept and tolerate. And then all of a sudden they changed the law. And so this thing that was forever illegal and terrifying all of a sudden became just like there's there's pot shops all over. Like I drove, past, I drove yeah. past six of them yesterday on the way to, you know. Um, yeah, you my probably office. can't walk your neighborhood with your backpack on without smelling it coming um, from your like neighbors totally. that you know and respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, I have this really really weird relationship with weed, uh, just in the sense of like I don't quite know how I feel about it, and it's um because it's like. Am I supposed to be scared? And all these people, and of course, my my best brain is like, oh, it's just it is what it is. It's fine. It's probably safer than alcohol, actually. But it's mm. um, it's just this, you know, when you're when this question came in, I was kind of like, huh, I, I have to like kind of acknowledge my my straight up bias around here because I don't feel that way around cocaine or or heroin. I'm like, nope, those are bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And and alcohol mm-hmm. is okay, and smoking tobacco is okay. Um, certainly, maybe not healthy, but allowed. And then there's marijuana, which is in the middle. And I'm kind of like, mm, it's like the gray yeah. area. Not sure about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, except for I had my sort of like awakening uh, to, to marijuana acceptance of marijuana when I met my husband, because um, and I'm going to I don't know if I want to call it pot, weed, whatever, but I don't want to sound like, um, you know, like this straight edge <laughs> old lady that's like, are you smoking marijuana? (laughs) (laughs) But um, when I met my husband, it was very much mainstream 21 year old thing to do is to smoke pot. And I definitely felt like it was dangerous. That was the um, way that I associated with this. This is dangerous. This is a, a dangerous behavior. It's risky. And it's very evolved very much over time. And now to the point where it is just as 
common, I would say, as alcohol is. It's kind of like, you know, if you're going to go out, are you going to get stoned or are you going to drink alcohol? That's to me the equality that there is. It's very um, similar. And in a lot of ways, people are choosing rather than to drink because the safety factor in a lot of like. Yeah. So let's let's remind people and acknowledge that you're in Oregon and I'm in Washington state. So the law is the law. I don't know where this question is coming from, but I think one starting New York. So one starting point for me is probably has to do with the law of the land. Like if the husband and wife are in a, Mm -hmm. are in conflict and say marijuana is illegal. And I don't know, I don't know about New York. I have no idea, but let's just say it's illegal. Mm -hmm. That actually frames the question for me differently than if they were in Washington or Oregon, Mm. because I think there is something about the argument that she may have which is mm-hmm. pretty simple, which is this is illegal. Like we're doing something that that it could cost that could have consequences for us in a way that's not necessarily okay. relational. Um, and okay. certainly maybe if kids are involved, maybe modeling something for our children that is, you know, not not the example we want to set in a civic society. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. again, I'm not like I'm not like up on my my law sandbox or anything, but I think that it changes the argument inside the home depending mm-hmm. on kind of the law of the land. But if we want to remove that piece, then yeah. I think there is a second layer that I find relevant to this particular conversation. So the, I agree with you and it's interesting. I'm going to go ahead and bring up my mother-in-law for the like 19th episode in a row. But I remember she was so against her son, my husband's use of marijuana and all of it changed the moment it became legal. And I didn't realize that that was what she was so against. Actually, it was kind of two things, if I understand correctly, is the use um, and the development on the brain has always been a really important part of her is like, what is it doing to the brain? And there's not a lot that we know on in these longitudinal studies of the effect of marijuana on a young brain. So that was something that was important to her. But I remember asking her a long time ago, if this, if it was legal, would you do it? And she was like, I don't know, but it was certainly change change the game. Um, because the legality of it was important. So yes, legality. And then the other part that I like is I had this as an an experiment, something I had to do in grad school around this human sexuality class. Maybe you've done it is going back and understanding where your ideas have been formed. Mm -hmm. And so what we just talked about was what you said is I'm kind of in this gray area because my history with pot was I grew up in like dare nation where everything yeah, was a no gateway drugs, drug yeah. and fear was uh, the currency. And I did too. So understanding where did your ideas and opinions form around marijuana? And I think that's an important conversation to have of like non-judgmental. Let's not talk about now. Let's talk about the past. What is mm. your experience with it been? And how does that inform your decision now about your opinion? Yeah. You know, and I think even just as you were talking, I was kind of going, I I hope that Eric and his wife are having this conversation, kind of the, the bouncing around of ideas around about it versus just the head to head sort of combat that they may be having yes or no, or Mm -hmm. I can do what I want or no, you can't, or this is disrespectful. I mean, I think there is something layered in general around conflict and difference that just needs to be explored um, because maybe with greater understanding or maybe what what happens is he goes, huh, I never thought about the law and the, the setting, the example and the consequences. Like that is pretty selfish of me. Like maybe that happens or maybe she goes, huh, I never thought about that. Um, 
this, this is coming from a place of, you know, response to fear, response to, you know, anger or as an alternative to alcohol, which is more dangerous for you. Like, who mm-hmm. knows? Like if greater understanding comes about, then that could be really cool. I think um, every conversation that I have had in my office that involves the use of marijuana is ultimately about presence. Um, it's about when you mm. when you go to that place, mm-hmm. you're no longer with me. And mm-hmm. that is the place of pain. And I think that's the place that would be really interesting also to explore because <clears throat> sometimes it's not, it's good or it's bad, it's illegal or it's illegal or it's too much or it's too little or it's a better alternative or a worse alternative. It's the second you, you, you know, clock in to your weed, you're clocking out of the relationship. And that, that's, that is really lonely for me. And that's the part that I think that's the conversation I've had most often. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also had couples on the flip side where when on a Friday evening, it's party time, it hits four o'clock and you start shaking your martini. Or 420. Or or 420. (laughs) I know that much. You are clever. (laughs) You are clever. Um, you start shaking your martini and you're pouring two glasses, one for your partner, one for you. Um, that experience I have seen with partners where it's like, yeah, on a Friday night, we go out we by the it. fire pit and yeah. we get stoned together and we're on the same page. And it is actually a connecting. It connects them almost like, you know, just like two people pouring two glasses of wine and sitting by the fire. And they're both in this experience together. Um, and to me, it's sort of like the inclusion or the exclusion. And also there's some secrecy. Um, I have seen this in my office many, many times where one partner, the partner who's the user has now started doing it secretly, or they have switched where they're no longer smoking pot. Now they are ingesting it because their partner can't smell it. Mm. And it's um, become anytime there's secrecy, that's when you're about to blow the relationship up. So I I would, I would get out of the secrecy and get into conversation and talk about it. Um, Talk about maybe how, how this could be something that rather than it's, Oh, a singular act. Like if one partner wants to get stoned um, and that other partner feels like they're on the outskirts of not being able to connect with them, how could you connect in that moment? I mean, rather than just saying absolutely not, dream a little bit, think about like, okay, if my partner wants to get stoned and I feel disconnected and excluded, what might it look like rather than them not getting stoned? What might it look like if they do get stoned? And then how do I participate? Maybe not smoking, maybe not imbibing, but how could I be included in this experience with them? Yeah. Is that too far for you? Or is that like, are you with me on that? No, I'm with you. I mean, I think again, what we're doing is batting ideas around. Um, there's a something, something you said at the top of the show, which was this idea of what about when there's like a really core value difference? Yes. And this is the part where I think what I don't, it doesn't matter to me what we're talking about when someone sort of, um, declares their right. I have a right to get high or I have a right, or you don't have a right to tell me how to live my life or you don't have a right to, you know, or whatever it is that becomes, um, completely different conversation about what is the, what is the um, sort of shared agreement in the, in the relationship? Like what's the shared mm-hmm. value set? Is it, I have a right to be an individual or I'm part of a collective team unit here. Like that, mm-hmm. that's where I think um, that's a red flag for me when kind of, you don't have a right to tell me how to live my life. And I'm kind of like, well, you kind of do in part because you gave it to them. You know, when you said, 
for better and for worse and sickness and health and death to a spark and all that stuff. Like you gave somebody a right to be intimately connected and affected by your choices. And I think that needs to shift a little bit when people kind of dig their heels in because sure mm-hmm. you have a right to live your life, but you also have a commitment to another person and to trying to kind of, we've talked a lot about the kind of the infinite game sort of to push the, push the game out there a little bit more, prolong it. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm trying not to get into this and just stick with pot because that's the question, but also just um, the impact that it has on the other person. If one person is a user, what it's um, it doesn't just impact you. I mean, it absolutely could impact another person that if you're smoking pot now, you know, like you're fuzzy. You don't wake up in the morning. You're not the first one to like put your feet on the floor and hop up and make coffee in the morning. Now you're drowsy. Now you're cloudy. Now you're having a hard time getting up in the morning. Kind of like somebody who who might overdrink, right? And they're hungover. And there's certainly a pot hangover that occurs um, as someone who I'll be perfectly candid. I feel very comfortable with um, my own marijuana use. It's legal in the state of Oregon. And just kind of finding what works for me, what doesn't work. But I do find that if it is impacting your relationship or impacting the other person in a negative way, that's a conversation that you need to be ready to have and um, acknowledging that it is impacting the other person or it is impacting the family. That when when you are stoned, you no longer become the person who can then drive the kids to the emergency room if something was to happen. Indeed. Um, so I guess so, there's another here's another layer too, right? It's it costs money. Like, are you going to, is it part of your, is it part of your shared sort of financial story? I mean, again, there's so many layers here, but, and you could like most things sort of pull out this topic called Mm -hmm. POT and put anything else in could be, Mm -hmm. what what did we talk about last time? Video games or something like Mm -hmm. you put the same thing in. I mean, it's like, or exercise or, I mean, yeah, I have, (laughs) I'm, I'm thinking of this exact conversation I had where the husband had had the complaint we're talking about, but it wasn't about pot. It was about CrossFit. It was about her, yes. her like complete addiction to and commitment to CrossFit and health. Yeah. And, you know, and he was, he was lost in the partnership mm-hmm. because she had a right mm-hmm. to be healthy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you do have a right to be healthy and you're part of a team. Yeah. I, okay. So this is interesting because it does, I do think it is a really healthy question to be able to say, where do you like if um, if I'm a non-user and I'm trying to explore, I'm curious, I'm coming at it a place of under inquisitive and wanting to understand my partner's point of view of help me understand just for your own point of view. Like, when do you feel like use becomes misuse for you Uh and help help me understand where that line is because I have my own lens that I'm looking at marijuana through and I think it's all misuse, but you have a pretty clear understanding for yourself of when use becomes misuse. And you might say, well, yeah, when I wake up in the morning and I'm cloudy and I can't get up to go for a run at six 30 in the morning, like I want, then that's impacting my health in a negative way. But if I'm just getting a little stoned or relaxed the night before and, um, and I'm still able to connect with you. I'm still engaged and I'm not like a sloth and I'm not checked out from what's going on. Um, I still feel pretty sharp. Then that to me is like a fun time. I enjoy that. I think that's a great conversation to have yeah. is 
help me understand for you what is use, what's misuse. Because I recognize my lens is is different from yours and yeah. it all looks like misuse to me. Yeah. And I think that conversation has to go both ways, right? If I'm the user to say, hey, how does when does use look like misuse to you, non-user? Mm-hmm. You know, is it the mm-hmm. one is it the first time I hit I hit this thing, the pipe or whatever? Or yeah. or is it two, three hours? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Hit, I know there's hit like that pipe. That, I know there's pipes and pins and bongs and bowls and all this other stuff like and and brownies. And so it's like, you know, um, yeah. I see. I saw where your brain goes. Listeners, if you if you just paid attention to what Zach said, um, he loves alliteration. And so what you just did was you added brownies in at the very end because you noticed you were on a B-roll. And, and I needed a third one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I know this about you. It was like he's he's going to search for that last B until he gets it. I yeah. can just tell. <laughs> um. I was, I was working with some clients the other day and I was like, I was going on this, I was on this D roll because a couple episodes ago, we guess we did decision and dreaming and whatever. And Which I was, was a great episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, you guys, that was a really powerful one. I've used it with my clients multiple times since, but I was on this, taught me something. Thanks. I was on this, I was yeah. on this D roll though. And I kept going to the whiteboard, which is on my left when, in my birdhouse. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that's another good one. That's another good one. And I ended up with like five D's during the entire conversation that we were having. And, um, I got to figure out how to write something about it or whatever. Yeah, you do. You got to you have like an article coming up. All right. So let's wrap this up. Hopefully, Eric, we were helpful to you. And I know that I I mean, I in my in my client load right now, I have multiple couples that are dealing with um, just this difference of opinion when it comes to use of marijuana specifically. Um, So I think that this is probably actually going to be a really helpful conversation for many people. And if you have any feedback you can drop us a voicemail if you want to, because I gave you my telly. Um, if you want that again, it's 801-810-6197. If we like what you have to say, we'll play it on the air. If we don't, we'll just delete it and pretend like we never got it. <laughs> that sounds amazing, which is like kind of your thing, right? Like what what email? What te- yeah. What text? I never got that text. Yes, I don't respond to your emails because I don't do a very good job of reading them. I am spending way too much time outside in the sun. I love our listeners, but I am also not a very strong uh, admin. And that is how I live my life. All right, guys, thanks for joining us for today's conversation. See you later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. If you haven't already hopped on and checked out our website, go to marriagetherapyradio.com. A couple of things that you'll find when you're there is obviously the podcast, but we also have some products available. And just as a reminder, Zach's book is available on Amazon. It's a workbook for couples, which is pretty cool. So you want to check it out. And you can find all of that on our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. Thanks so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.